Welcome to another episode of the brand called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today I'm privileged to have a very very senior corporate professional Navneet Singh with me. Navneet, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, Navneet is the chairman and managing director of Corn Ferry International. He has spent time with HSBC, Ranbaxy, Modi Olivetti and Punj Lloyd. He's also an entrepreneur with his own company in HR consulting and search. So Navneet, tell me what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Very interesting. I mean, there have been so many incidents, but I think uh, three stand out because for me, they were pretty much life-altering events. Uh, my father was a very successful uh, manager with Genelec and uh, he subsequently fell uh, terminally sick at a very young age and passed away at the age of 42. Oh, no. And hence... Uh, my mother really looked after me and my younger brother and we were pretty much independent. I remember in class nine, mm. you know, I was pretty much capable of taking all decisions that sometimes even graduate students, including my children, wouldn't mm. hesitate to take. And I think that was a huge impact in terms of getting you to mature as an individual way, way faster uh, than anything else. And like I always say, adversity brings out the best in you always. And if you're able to cope. So right. that was number one. The second, of course, uh, from a company perspective, was you know basic foundations was really joining Aisha. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember I joined Aisha in Alvar way back in '83. Young officers used to be called personal officers then. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, for me, and I still look back in my HR days that uh, industrial relations to me is the purest form of HR rather than everyone who comes out of school today wants to just go and sit in the corporate office. Mm. And I think I should build those very strong values of integrity, of trust, of process, of systems and respect. Uh, and I think they would never ever compromise on that irrespective of who you were and how senior or junior you were. And that mm. really you know, got embodied in your system for life. Okay. Uh, and so that was incident number two. The third for was pretty much from a building business perspective. When I remember I joined Conferry close to nine years ago. Uh, I won't say it was small, but it was an eight partner outfit with 65 people with just line, one line of business. Uh, today we are close to 40 partners with 400 people and uh, growth has been many, many fold and uh, we have five lines of businesses and I would like to believe that we are pretty much the market leaders in the larger human advisory uh, space. And I think this really came from, you know, corporate or the company really believing in what you were doing, not coming in your way, not fighting the bureaucracy and just going ahead and doing what you had to do. And I think all these three milestones put together really became the life cycle of a human being, really. Fantastic. What a, what a great story. So, Navneet, let's talk about Conferi. Uh, you said that you were in one line of business. Today, you are in five lines of business. Tell me about the scope of work that you do. So, I don't know if people know, but Conferi is one of the two listed uh, search firms or human advisory firms. I didn't know that. Okay. Close to a 2.5 billion market cap and... Mm -hmm. 
doing extremely well and uh, the roots of which go back to executive search for sure mm-hmm. uh, but about 14 years ago uh, gary bunsen our ceo i think saw the uh, trend moving towards consulting and advisory where one needed to look at the whole life cycle of a human being or a corporate executive rather than just hiring and placing him and then moving on Hmm. Uh, and that's when the acquisitions spree started while we were building out our uh, advisory consulting business organically uh, we bought out lominger which is the world's gold standard in assessments uh, then we did a couple of boutiques all over the world then subsequently the big one that he did was pdi uh, okay. uh, personal decisions uh, which again was into assessments uh, we all used to say at that time i mean what's happening i mean directionally where are we going mm-hmm. uh, but he continued to believe that executive search would continue to be the tip of the arrow because most of our relationships were at the c suite and the board mm-hmm. and then he went and did the real big mother of them all when we bought out the hay group this was about uh, what close to 5 years ago mm-hmm. and i think there was never looking back after that mm-hmm. and uh, you know so today we are executive search we have advisory and consulting mm-hmm. which is also coupled with digital products uh, the third business is pretty much professional search uh, which is uh, what it's exactly search but mm-hmm. they stop where we start in terms of executive search okay. uh, in terms of the levels mm-hmm. and then of course we have a very large uh, recruitment outsourcing business called rpo Mm-hmm. Uh, which would do mass scale bulk hiring on an annuity basis for very large companies both in okay. and globally and okay. these would be you know like hiring 22000 people for hp worldwide both as a you know outsourced and in house model and mm-hmm. it could be a pot there are various forms to that so i think over a period of time uh conferries move from being a search company to a complete human capital advisory fantastic and uh, and i think the transition has been very smooth mm-hmm. uh, about two and a half years ago we decided uh, as a firm to drop all the five lines of businesses branding and just create one conferry mm-hmm. so today if you uh, pick up a conferry executive card mm-hmm. it doesn't tell you about which line of business he or she belongs to okay because you are expected to be adept at selling everything okay so internally you may belong to uh, one line of business and i think it's worked very well uh, some of our competitors uh, you know keep talking about you know there is no one in the market who has the full breadth of service right. uh, most of them are siloed and i think without getting complacent or arrogant about it we just need to mm. continue to so so tell me you know when you uh, go through acquisitions and i'm sure you went through the acquisitions of their indian counterparts here as well what were some of the challenges you faced as you started to integrate very diverse teams so i think the biggest challenge was of course there's always apprehension consulting is a very very different ball game to what an executive search partner would do mm-hmm. uh, the deal cycles are much longer you know it could take them 6 months to sell a deal um, there is directive search though it's all very relationship selling but it's f- far quicker turnaround the fee structures are very different uh, and we are very driven uh, in the executive search business by immediate outcomes you know okay so you pick up a deal you you execute it correct 
you know, you pick up your 200,000 US fee or whatever that fee is mm -hmm. and move on to the next engagement or in parallel. Whereas the consulting uh, uh, business is far more longer term, IP oriented, structure a deal. Our mm -hmm. proposals are six pages, their proposals are 80 pages. Mm -hmm. You know, Amazing. and therefore moving into a listed company which has its own treadmill, uh, I, I think that was the huge, hmm. huge challenge for them to adapt to. We had initial attrition, multiple MA. Uh, but I think over a period of time, we've got a settled team. They right. understand what we do. The bond between all the lines of businesses has become so seamless. Hmm. And most of them now see the deal size, the ticket size becoming bigger, the relationships for them are moving up the level and therefore, you know, they end up doing fine, mm. far more quality work than they would have otherwise. Very interesting. So, you know, as I look back, you know, and, uh, you know, when I was younger, I used to, I used to be on the radar of search firms, etc. And a lot of young people today are. I have a couple of questions for you. You know, in the 90s, Search firms used to be called headhunters. When did this transition take place from headhunters to search? So I remember when we were setting up HSBC Investment Banking in India way back in 96, mm -hmm. uh, my boss, Sean Brown, who had come from London, mm -hmm. and I was employee number two, he was employee number one. Okay. And that's the time Perry Green desired, everyone was going down. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so he said, Navneet, let's go out and get a search firm. And I said, what's a search firm? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, uh, he said, he's a headhunter. Uh, said, ah, say that. Uh, uh, because then, you know, we never had large talent acquisition teams. Mm -hmm. HR managers did whatever they did. So they did comp, they did uh, admin, they did security, they did hiring, they did everything together, right? Mm -hmm. Today, of course, they've all become super specializations. And I said, why do you call it search? He says, you know, in developed countries, even at that time, and I'm talking about uh, late 90s, mm -hmm. you always had one or two partners or one of the two or three search firms at that time as your best friend. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realized that when I moved with HSBC to New York in 1998, mm -hmm. every senior executive there had one search consultant as his best friend, Correct. you know, who would keep sensing the market, figuring out whatever. Whereas the whole situation here was very transactional. Mm. Uh, and I remember till early 2000s when I joined the competitor of ours, it was exactly, oh, mm. go and find me this guy, take your fees and go home. Mm. Uh, but I think the transition happened somewhere uh, in the mid 2000s when I think the search consultants also amongst the bigger firms matured. Mm. They had a far better view of across sectors, across macro level economics in terms of where the industry is going. And I think uh, a lot of Indian business houses, uh, captains started trusting you for your judgment, mm. not only in terms of people, but also being able to give you a competitive analysis of what's happening. Okay. So today, if you look at it, most of our clients do not talk about search fees. They, they may or may not talk about deliverables, mm. but they will certainly ask your view in terms of directionally, where are we going? Very interesting. Very interesting. So, you know, just uh, before we started this conversation, I was telling you about the profile of our 
viewers and listeners and although i was telling you 72% of our viewers and listeners are below 34 my question to you is that the first time a young individual gets a call from a search firm it's very exciting because now suddenly i'm on the radar which is beyond my normal scope of work right my question to you is at what stage of a person's career do they become relevant for a search firm and what should i be doing to get your attention so a couple of things uh, and within search firms of course there is further subdivision in terms of the levels and the reach and so on and so forth but i think if one has to look at it from a longer term perspective in terms of a building relationship hmm. i think the ideal time to start figuring that out is when you come close to becoming a functional head okay it could be a small company it could be a big company it's irrelevant now okay uh, and i think the biggest thing that one should do is never ignore a call from a search firm okay well said i tell, I, I tell all my senior friends over the many decades that i've known them mm. take the call you always have the option to listen and refuse but correct you know you shouldn't become someone who keeps uh, refusing calls and then one day you know when you're down and out in the dumps you call up no one will take your call i can promise you that mm. and never and secondly never ever uh, and this is where i have a big problem with a lot of indian cxos mm. where you take offers and you last minute ditch companies mm. unlike overseas once you sign on the dotted line you will walk through the door it would be extremely a rare situation mm. where you know they would step out of an offer because it's all about building your credibility correct now whether you're 34 or 44 or 54 it's about how do you establish your credentials your sincerity your honesty to purpose and mm-hmm. never lie to a search consultant and i've said this to so many people that you have to treat us like your doctor your lawyer your policeman because given the reach of both search consultants you get to know everything right so right. never hide and sincerity and honesty of purpose i think it is what gets people's attention very interesting so that's a new thing i've learned never hide anything from your doctor from your lawyer and from your search consultant <laughs> <laughs> well said well said so my next question uh, is that you know when you are looking for a ceo what are the different parameters that you look for before you shortlist an individual you said one thing you must be at at least a, a functional head see couple of things of course uh, Uh, because of a consulting business and because of the millions of assessments that we have done over the years mm-hmm. there is an art and science to it mm-hmm. uh, unlike the past where you know xcos like yourself or people like us mm-hmm. we would do an experiential interview correct you would do it based on if there was a job spec uh, even if that job spec wasn't there you would try and figure out tell me what you did from the time you were born till today Hmm. and then you try and relate that to what you are looking for and what experiences he or she will bring to the hmm. table and that's what i call experiential interviewing hmm. but over the years uh, you know companies like ours have gathered so much ip so much ip and so much data hmm. that 
is got refined and I won't call it a psychometric test. It's mm. called the KF4D, which is called the Conferry Fourth Dimension, mm. which really measures you on four different parameters and then benchmarks you against the best in class for that job. Okay. And that's something that a client would tell us through some questions that we would ask. Mm. But I think far more important than that is, are you going to look for someone for a multinational? Are you going to look for someone for a mid-sized company? Mm. Are you going to look for someone who's an Indian owner? Are you going to look for someone who's his you know, son who's coming up into the business? So mm. the parameters do change. But then there's one single line which seems to be, uh, you know, coming through. And this is, there's a huge difference between pre-COVID and now. Mm. And I think the biggest situation that we are looking for today is, does this individual have the learning agility to be able to adapt, move, and be able to respond far more quickly than ever before? Because the working environment's changed completely. Mm. Uh, it's a different matter that I honestly thought that this whole lockdown and the paraphernalia would last on for at least 15 to 18 months. But I think mm. the recoveries happened way, way faster than I think most of us thought. And, and therefore, besides learning agility, do you have the adaptability? Do you have the people skill mm. to be able to manage thousands of people without even having met them? Mm. Very interesting. And, and therefore, uh, are you in a position to influence the board? I mean, today, Every conversation that you have, either at a board meeting or in strategy meetings, are all on Zoom. Mm. So therefore, there's no banter, there's no side conversations, there's no coffee. Uh, you come in for a meeting for two hours and you're gone. Correct. Otherwise, it would have taken you two days in an offsite to do the same meeting. Mm. Well said. You know, so therefore, you build relationships, you build touch points and all that. So I think that's vanished. And therefore... CEOs today have to become far more adaptable and far more precise and far more pointed than they ever were. Maybe. Because that's where life has now become. It's all very pointed. It's all very precise. And it's what can you do to move the needle to the next level? Yes, so I was telling somebody, I said, you know, 10 years ago, or even five years ago, it used to be the elevator pitch. Now yeah. I call it the Zoom pitch. Absolutely. You need to have the attention of everybody on your Zoom call in those few minutes, you know, so... Absolutely. So, but, you know, let me, um, let me, I think I have time for one more question before I move to some questions for you personally. You know, as someone who runs such a major search firm with so many different arms, what are some of the core values you believe in? You know, I've always had this, uh, uh, you know, post Aisha, uh, you know, one always had bosses who were supportive. So you did what you did and you learnt on the way, you stumbled, you grew, you moved on. But as a subordinate, you always cribbed about the system. Correct. You know, I wish this could happen. Why are these guys like this? And so on and so forth. Hmm. So when I got into this role, I said, I really want to do something which everyone always used to crib about. And let's see if we can change that. Hmm. And I think we've had in the last eight and a half, nine years that I've been here, one I trust my people blindly. Mm. Some say it's a failing, but I don't care. Mm. Two, you have to lead by example. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to say I'm this or I am that, mm. but mm. if the leader is doing things 
beyond a managerial capability in terms of running a book of business, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of traveling. I travel maniacally. Even now, I'm traveling two to three days. I can days. imagine, yeah. People follow you. If he or she can do it, why can't you? Mm. Trust your people. Give them the empowerment. I have never ever, as a part of the process, I have to approve travel and mm. you know all deals and all. I have never said no, right. unless there is a reason which is beyond. Sure. And therefore, even in the region and in corporate, I mean, without divulging too much, the view that they have is don't mess with this guy. <laughs> okay. And you need a strong backbone, which is backed by results. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a strong backbone and be a poor performer. You're not going anywhere in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, performance at the end of it has to be backed up with consistent behavior, mm-hmm. uh, behavior which is aligned to the firm's values. Mm-hmm. And people must believe in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's extremely important for us. Very, very interesting. So, Navid, I have time for two questions now and there are some questions for you personally. Sure. You know, for someone who has, in your own words, has done everything on your own and from the time you were in class 9 took a lot of your own decisions, have seen a lot of success in the corporate world, are now leading one of the biggest search firms of this country, probably this region. What does success mean to Navneet? See, I honestly... And it's very easy for success in this business to go to your head. And I've seen that with a lot of people mm-hmm. who have a lot of arrogance and, you know, you need an appointment to talk to me. I'm very accessible. Mm-hmm. I'm very accessible. I have something called the one minute club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you don't respond to my WhatsApp or email in one minute, irrespective of the time, you're not in my mm-hmm. <laughs> favor if I may use the word. Okay. Uh, but I, I think for me, success means leaving a legacy of a team of, which is going to be the best in the country and mm. people who will respect the firm. For me, that is far more important than anything else. Mm. I do not want anyone ever to lift a figure that here is one man uh, who went out of his way to harm me. So I will try and do whatever I can. Fortunately, I have the bandwidth because my kids are married, my wife's a lawyer, so, mm-hmm. so I don't have uh, some of those issues. And, uh, yeah. and, and therefore, I'm pretty much 24 into 7 into 365. And, uh, and I think you want to leave an impact. You want to leave an impact where your clients, whether they're in the business captains or CEOs or multinationals or even mid-sized organizations, mm-hmm. will say, can we speak to Navneet because he knows what he's going to tell us is going to be black and white. I do not operate in areas of gray. Hmm. Okay. And now my last question to you, and this is a question I wasn't I was thinking whether to ask you or not, but given the thousands of people who are young people who listen to our conversation and, and your words of wisdom, what, your, what would your advice be to a young manager who's starting off on their career, you know, in the corporate world? My only one advice is... Uh, be patient with yourself. Do not get into peer pressure in terms of moving because most people move very frequently one year, two years, three years because they don't like the boss's face. They don't like the money. But if you actually do research over a period of 10 to 15 years of two people with the same batch starting, believe me, they will not be more than 10% up or down wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think most of them need to be patient 
patience gives you the strength to be able to learn and build skills and competencies which are going to help you in the future mm. every year moving out or every two years is not going to give you that stability of your mind mm. or being able to understand assimilate and then deliver mm. very interesting and that to my mind is singularly most important money is important i'm not saying money is not important but the moment you start chasing money is not going to come mm. build your skills build your competencies build your emotional maturity and then do what you think is right and i can guarantee you money will follow yeah. and the search firms will also call you yes <laughs> okay nafi okay. thank you so much this has been such a fabulous conversation thank you for your words of encouragement wisdom knowledge i wish you and conferry lots of success thank you ashutosh for having me on your platform thank you thank you Thank you for listening to the brand called You video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you